0: The Run Culture podcast has always been a passion project. It was created to share stories and experiences, to educate runners and to grow the sport. Ultimately, to show that running is cool. The podcast has provided us all opportunities to listen and learn from some interesting people in the running world. Welcome to the Run Culture podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I am an all-out running fan, an accredited running coach, a marathoner myself and an experienced physiotherapist that specialises in treating runners. So, before we get right into the show, if you have enjoyed any of the previous episodes of the Run Culture podcast and they have added value to your life and you want to support the podcast going into 2021, then we have a Patreon page. It's linked to in the show notes. A small monthly donation will go a heck of a way to keeping the show alive. By doing so, you too can also feel fulfilled that you are doing your bit to promote and grow the sport. Also, for those runners interested or in need, Links to my online strength and conditioning course for runners or Run Therapy, my physiotherapy clinic, are also in the show notes. Alas, enough from me. Here's this week's interview. Welcome back to another Run Culture episode. Today, I was very fortunate to be chatting to Chicken Boy Morgs. Or rather, Morgan McDonald. Morgan McDonald recently ran the Two Mile Australian Indoor Record and is the latest YouTube sensation. So, um, a few of the boys in my running squad think he's the best thing to happen to athletics since carbon plated shoes. Um, he sure is someone to follow on YouTube in a sport that otherwise lacks content. Um, he sure is spicing it up. Uh, we go over Morgan's goals for 2021 how he wants to make the Olympics, have fun, stay healthy, train consistently, but he sure does have some lofty goals. So it's exciting to hear this. He chats about his new haircut and last year how he swapped coaches, moved to Boulder, and has changed his training around. We go over his Wisconsin career, a few of his biggest learnings, a few of his ins- inspirational role models over his time. And what's in store? So it's a nice chat, really get to know Morgan. So I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. Here he is, Morgan McDonald. How, how's things? Um, like well done on the two mile Austra- indoor Australian record.
1: Thanks, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, things have been all good. It's been fun to have, uh couple of races in the last two weeks but um yeah i'm uh i'm feeling good they were they were fun
0: yeah yeah uh like i've been watching um your youtube and i coach a few junior boys down uh this way and uh one of them said um last night your youtube is the best thing that happened to athletics since carbon plated shoes They're, lo- they're loving that's the content and the insight
1: that's hilarious um, <laughs> yeah no youtube is uh is a bit of fun i, I do enjoy making those it's a w- nice way to spend kind of like my downtime, i guess
0: yeah 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 um with the like with the chat today i was just wanting to like sort of get it i don't know like just to get a lot of the Australian recreational running fans to know who you are, I guess. And, um, yeah, just more, more people to know, know, um, like, um, yeah, just to try to promote athletics, I guess, in Australia and, um, yeah, totally. yeah been trying to shine a bit of a light on a few up and coming runners, um, uh, recently, and it was pretty awesome to see, um, what a few of the Australians are doing overseas, um, with Ollie, um, Oli Hoare and, and Charlie Hunter yeah. and yourself.
1: For real, it's uh, it's awesome. Like, yeah, the U.S. is just like with the college system and stuff. It's just so nice the opportunities that you get as a runner. But then you kind of go away, and I feel like it's easy to, for like Australia to kind of forget about you a bit. And like you're in such a, it's such a different world. It's its own world. It's so unique, and like it's yeah, it's hard to kind of relate to that back in Australia sometimes. But there's a lot of really good, cool stuff happening.
0: How how is how have you found uh, life as a professional runner runner for Under Armour? Um, you signed with Under Armour. Was it in about July two thousand and nineteen? And and that was after your really successful collegiate career at Wisconsin. Um, how, yeah. how 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 because you're a pretty intelligent guy. Um, you went pretty well at school. Um, how do you find filling that downtime and uh, and and devoting you know so much of your life to running and and um Um, yeah
1: it's uh yeah it's been a definitely like a shift for me it's been I think I've said this before but like I really enjoyed going to school and running at the same time I really enjoyed that kind of life balance if you want to call it that but it's more just like having something else going on which is separate from the running and um, you enjoy like in of itself and so initially like leaving that was a bit tough for me becoming a full-time runner, you know, but, uh, it's not bad. Like I can't complain all. Not, having nothing to do is like, <laughs> man, like it's not like I'm going to complain about that. It's uh, <laughs> this is living the dream right here. Like it's so awesome to get to run wake up every day. And that's like the most important thing in your day is running, you know, it's, it's, it's living the dream. It's pretty sweet. But yeah, I was looking for ways to kind of feel that downtime just for my own enjoyment and just for kind of like that mental health to like have something um, aside from the running going on as well so that's why recently i did start like the youtube channel stuff was a big reason for that is like just something else to work on which is kind of a little bit obviously it's very related to my running because it's about my life but it's also its own thing you know like um every day when i do it i'm like learning all this new stuff because i it was it was all new to me like all the video editing all the filming and all that is all new to me so it's been really enjoyable to to do that um to have something else to to you know work on and spend time on that isn't just running
0: yeah no they're really good to watch um i mean every time i've checked in the last week like every day your subscribers seems to go up by about a thousand um and but uh like when i was watching a few of them like it must take a long time to edit um i love the little um sound effects and even just like the sudden sudden grabs or or how it um you suddenly (laughs) Like you're next to that wooden sculpture and then suddenly eating that penguin. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah, it's it does take a lot of time, like the editing and stuff, for sure that does take a lot of time because um yeah, it's just like anything. There's just a lot more that goes into it than you would think. But I do really enjoy that side of it. Like I've I've been the type of guy who my whole life has like watched a ton of YouTube videos, you know. Like I've I've watched so many and so many different like um genres I guess like different interests uh but so I like I have a good idea of like how YouTube works I guess and like what like that kind of ecosystem is like a bit um from a watching standpoint and so then it's like I kind of know what I want to do but then it's like what kind of like how to do it and yeah it's all putting in like random kind of quirky stuff (laughs) and sound effects and all that it's (laughs) it's really fun actually like you can take footage which is like pretty meh yeah and you can like make it like pretty pretty funny or entertaining just through the editing which i I find really enjoyable because i mean at the end of the day that's like a big part if you watch one of my videos and you're expecting like some super serious running thing then you're probably gonna be a little disappointed because (laughs) they're not very serious like my goal is to like make them like entertaining and funny and fun and uh at the same time like have some cool running stuff but yeah i just i just like to have fun with them mostly
0: no, I, I, I was looking forward to all the quirky bits because, um, yeah, it's funny because I'm one that I love the stats and I love, um, you know, i oh, look at that training session everything, but yeah, I think that was probably the best part of, of some of the YouTube clips is you, you're providing an insight to who you are and, um, what it is like to be a runner and people get a really good feel, um, to that. Um, I listened to a podcast interview with Kyle Merber actually, um, a few weeks ago and he he actually he was like I think he got asked oh who are you looking forward to or who do you actually like watching and he actually mentioned you so that's a pretty good compliment from someone who's pretty big on Twitter in the running world and and um really is sort of you know really does try to provide some running content so it's good compliment. yeah
1: no that's funny because I listen to that podcast as well And I, like, obviously did not expect it at all. And then he mentioned my name. I was like, what the hell? That's (laughs) that's crazy. But, uh, yeah, like, he is someone who uh, we messaged a bit as well. And I think he said this on the podcast, perhaps, but he said, like, his biggest regret was not starting a YouTube channel. I think he talked about that. And he's someone who, like, yeah, a lot of people like him, not just for his running, but because he actually did take some time to kind of, like, tell his stories a little bit. Like, he did a bit more of that. And, you know, it does take some effort, but at the end of the day, like the, the running fans are just like craving like, um, something, I guess, cause there's so many out there. There's so many kids or adults who love running, but unfortunately, especially when you compare it to the other sports, it just doesn't do the, you know, this great job at like kind of sharing itself or marketing itself, whatever you want to call it, but there's great storylines there to be told and there's very interesting people in the sport as well so essentially like what I'm trying to do is you know find a way to help share those stories and just put myself out there more than anything and like try and make it like entertaining and authentic um because yeah just, there's just not much of that and so if you do it then you're already like I mean I can't tell you like how happy it makes me to like get a message from like a young kid who's like man, I just loved your video. It really made me like motivated to go out and run today. Like that's the most awesome thing in the world. So if I can be doing that to kids, like that's, that's very motivating to me. And I, I really enjoy that. And yeah, it's not that bad. Like the thing is my job anyway, as a pro runner is kind of like to do that anyway. So I guess I'm just like doing it a bit more seriously, I guess, but it's not even serious, but I'm just trying a bit harder at it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it feels good, you know, it feels good to like share that stuff because I know that when I was a kid, I loved this stuff, you know. I, I loved it so much, so I would enjoy it if I was a kid. So, yeah, to kind of add to it feels really cool.
0: Yeah, you're definitely making a splash down under in Australia. And like you said before, like it's, if you weren't doing this, you are a bit disconnected from Australia, like you are living in a different country. And so it, it kind of does sort of help, you um, yeah it's like a lot of Australian juniors and 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 running fans can actually like feel like they are following your journey a bit more closely um yeah Mm -hmm. because they don't get to see you on a regular basis um or you know yeah so yeah no it's it's great it's filling the void do you miss Australia or your family and and how do you find uh yeah like um life over over in America or you're pretty used to it now Mm
1: I am very used to it, and yeah. I'm I'm really like I'm really well set up here and stuff. i like, you know, I really enjoy it a lot. Like that's obviously why I stayed here after college. I thought it was gonna be the place that would kind of make me the best runner possible with the uh, opportunities that are available here. It's just, it's just a bit more than exists in Australia, you know, because it's just a bigger place, more money with it in it, and all that stuff. But I do really, really miss Australia. Like honestly, <laughs> I I don't actually get homesick too often because like. I'm pretty lucky I got some good friends I I live with Oliver Hoare who's a fellow Australian from Sydney I just ran 332 for the 1500 so we live together so like that's pretty cool um
0: hey on that 332 did you see that coming uh like I saw in one of your YouTube clips um he ran a pretty amazing mile um up at Colorado
1: yeah so Yeah. yeah like he He's especially someone who he even goes a bit under the radar here in the U.S. In Australia, he goes under the radar so much. Like I said, this on, actually, like I think a week or two, a week or two ago, I did like the Ask Vic podcast and I, I shouted him out before the race and I said he's going to do something good because if you saw like what he was doing last season, like he was going and running, he ran three thirty four outdoors last summer uh, here in America, like solo, pretty much, and like no one really does that stuff. That's the thing. Like, it was so impressive to watch. And so you knew that if he could do that in a, in a race like that, then when once he got some competition, once he was in a bit of a higher quality field, like, he was going to run even quicker. And that's, that's what happened, you know. He's just so strong. He's so good right now. Um, obviously, it would be awesome to see him race against all the other Australians for the national title. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that in terms of, like, having to go back and quarantine like that's all crazy but obviously that would be an amazing race to watch um but yeah he's he's just killing it and he has been killing it for a bit now and it's it's awesome to be his friend and his roommate and to to watch it happen it's really inspiring
0: what is he like to room with he's so chill (laughs) (laughs) good
1: (laughs) he's uh yeah he he um i always make fun of him because he he drinks a lot of Mountain Dew, oh, yeah. he a lot of fast food. He orders a lot of Uber Eats. Uh, I don't. Know, we have fun because he's, he's he was a couple of years behind me in Wisconsin, so um, we we had some fun with him as like uh, when he was a young, impressionable freshman. I remember probably one of the favorite my favorite pranks that I put on him is so he did actually have an addiction to Mountain Dew. Like, he loved Mountain Dew and other soft drinks, and when he came in as a freshman which is like your first year it was at a college for anyone who doesn't know the term freshman. yeah, He uh, he would always buy Mountain Dews and <laughs> he had this credit card, it was a debit card from a bank, which was like the University of Wisconsin bank. And I told him that the coaches could look at his bank statements and that they could see that he was getting all these Mountain Dews. <laughs> so for his whole first year, he would go and take cash out at the machine and then he would use that cash to go buy his Mountain Dews. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we had we had some fun.
0: <laughs> um, how much would he drink a day? Uh,
1: I mean, just just like a normal yeah. um, bottle, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. He loves it.
0: Yeah, I saw that was his reward for the mile. Like he held off, just drank water and then
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's why he ran so well he did had a day drinking water but uh no nah, his diet isn't that bad it's getting better i, I played up a little bit but it's definitely yeah. sometimes you're like how the hell does this guy do it like how does he yeah. how does he do this when he puts that in his body but he does it
0: <laughs> um talking about um yeah coming back to australia what are your plans um uh like you obviously like you've got goals of yeah you know making the olympics and running really well over 5k and 1500 what i what like with covid it makes it difficult um yeah okay. what are your um do you have any pending races coming up like you've obviously run really well in your 3k and your two mile recently
1: yeah so obviously my biggest goal is to be at the olympics and be competing there this year so For me, I think with the way things are shaping up, it looks like I'm just going to have to run a really quick time. Like that's going to be my best pathway to qualifying for the team. So that is my goal right now, um, just to be as fit as possible and then, you know, get get in the right race for it. So we do have a 5K here next week here in Austin, um, which I should be doing, and it should be a good race. And then after that, I think I'll probably take and easy for a couple weeks and kind of build back the training a bit after this little racing block. And then hopefully, you know, do kind of like, who knows when the races are going to be exactly or where exactly they're going to be, but when they kind of come back around for like the U S or the European seasons, like I'd like to be racing in those ones. Those will be like the big, big goal races of the year. I think leading into the, the Olympics.
0: Yep. Yeah. Nice. Nice. With the 5k coming up uh, in a week's time, do you know um, what, what, pace that's sort of set for or you're not sure
1: it should be for the olympic standards so like around thirteen ten, i think
0: yeah yeah nice um Yeah. yeah last year um you made a few big jumps and big decisions um uh with your career you swapped coaches and um moved to boulder um and changed your training a little bit um yeah talk us through um yeah how um what inspired those decisions
1: yeah, so after graduating from college, I had a couple of options of, like, what I would do as a pro. And originally, I wanted to stay with my college coach, Mick, who was still coaching Ollie at the time. And, um, you know, we'd had a lot of success together. And I really trusted him, especially because at the time I was graduating at the end of 2019, and then the Olympics were coming around mid-2020. So I didn't really want to make a coaching switch in between that time. Like, it just didn't seem like quite enough time. And I was pretty happy with Mick. Like I thought he'd make a great coach as a professional as well. But then with how things happened with COVID and the Olympics getting pushed back and that extra time, um, I had, yeah, I just had a bit more time to kind of like look at my options. And I wasn't, when I came back to Wisconsin, I wasn't quite as settled there uh, or as comfortable there as I thought I would be, uh, I think you know, after graduating and not being a college student any, anymore. Like you're back in this college town and it just kind of felt weird. Like, oh, I'm like, oh man, this feels kind of weird. Like all oh, my friends are gone, like all oh, my friends, like the people my age or older had obviously like moved away and I was like, oh, this is actually kind of weird. Like, I didn't really expect this. And so I kind of talked it through a Mick, and like, he, he totally got it. He was like, yeah, you know, like, I'm not that surprised. You got to like, look at whatever, like it's going to work best for you. And so that's when I started looking at those other options. And yeah, I knew uh, I knew of Team Boss, coached by Joe Bossard, uh, Emma Coburn's husband. I knew of them um, through I'd seen I'd seen them at races before, and one of the team members, Aisha, was also sponsored by Under Armour, so we'd done a couple of things together. So I kind of knew like, I had a bit of an idea of how they operated, and I thought it would really suit me because Joe comes from a really like injury prevention standpoint that's like his big focus. And when I talked to him on the phone for the first time, that's what he kind of made clear to me is that he's going to try to keep me healthy as much as possible. And that's really what I felt like I needed because, um, you know, I've always been lucky to be pretty talented. But through college, I had like a couple of little injury hiccups. And I think that was some of the biggest things that held me back. And so I really wanted to go to a place where I felt like that would be one of the top priorities. And I felt like I would, you know, you know, Joe does, like, a lot of strength work and all that, and uh, he takes care of that himself, and um, it's all based around injury. And so I really did, like, I wanted to start doing that stuff. You know, I thought that was what I needed to go and do to be able to then, you know, start training more consistently and start training harder. So, yeah, I really just felt like for those reasons that, like, it was the best option for me, and then I ended up joining and um, now I've been with the group for since last... June really so like quite a while now and it's uh, it's been awesome like things have been really great moving to Boulder and everything Boulder's you know a big running town here in the U.S. so it's pretty cool um but yeah it's like really great being around all these professionals and kind of like the way they approach it, I really enjoy it's uh it's been great so far and I think I've gotten in some of the best training in my life like I think I'm fitter than ever before so it's been going really well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How, how have you found um, training has changed? Um, yeah. Under Bossart.
1: So I honestly, for the first few months, it didn't change that much. But then when we kind of restarted for this year, for the preparation for this year, I bumped up my volume quite a bit. And um, that was something that I had been wanting to do for a long time, but I just hadn't really felt like I was able to do it because of the injury concerns and stuff. But so I started running a lot more. And then alongside that, as soon as I joined the team, I started doing a lot more kind of um, like intentional strength work, I guess. Like we do our, our lifting and stuff like right after our workouts in our long run. And so three times a week or whatever, I was doing that. And I felt like that was really helping. And yeah, I was kind of at a point where it's like, all right, let's, let's start training a little bit more like a professional. Cause I think in college I didn't train like super, super crazy or anything. So I really just bumped up the volume and then as we got into the sessions, back into the workouts and sessions and stuff, like it hasn't been that different from what I was doing previously, but I'm probably doing everything just like a bit quicker, like a bit better. So yeah, mostly more volume and the strength work have been the biggest changes, but overall it, there's still a lot of similarities to what I was doing before as well.
0: That's awesome. Um, yeah, really, it's really good that you've got one eye sort of turned to um, injury prevention because it's often like, yeah, see with a lot of runners where they're just like, oh, you know, I could be so much better if I, you know, do this, this and this in training and um, they rush it and and then they ended up on the sideline, you know, for so long. And um, so, yeah, it's a really mature approach. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, like I've just, you know, I've had a few injuries at this point and it's like I want to train hard, but I know that, you know, when you're taking that long-term view like to be able to train hard you need to work up to it and you just need to like be able to get that consistency together. If you keep having those setbacks like it's just not gonna be worth the the harder training, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. With um uh your junior career, um I look back and, you know, (laughs) like pretty much from under twelves to under twenties, like under twelves, under fourteens, under sixteens, under eighteens, under twenties, you won the national Uh, cross-country championships um and I was listening to another podcast um I think it was the Sidious Mag podcast uh with Chris Chavez and um you sort of mentioned how you suffered a lot with growing pains and um you'd play soccer often uh in the off season and then you'd come back and do some cross-country um yeah it sounds like you've always sort of just had a knack with the running and then um and then it's always just been managing the body a bit too
1: yeah um when i was younger i like did cross country all the time and uh i was just lucky like i was pretty talented and stuff and it was actually it was actually that during the winter i would do both cross country and soccer at the same time so i'd be like it'd be kind of hectic like i'd be doing all this sport and then by the end of that season i would have like have these like growing pain injuries and stuff and that's when i'd have that it kind of would coincide with the end of the season. So, like, I would be taking time off, and then I'd, my body would be able to recover a bit. And then that cycle repeated for a few years there. Um, I remember, like, the first year I wanted to do track, I just couldn't because, like, I was too injured from those groin pain stuff. And, like, my physio told me to take, like, three months off completely. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was kind of bad, I guess, looking back on it. But, yeah, I've always uh, been lucky to be talented. But um, through the juniors, I, I had... I was pretty lucky. Yeah. I had a lot of success and, um, I started getting more serious with it when I was like 16 or so. Like it wasn't until a little bit later where I started training a bit harder and stuff. And I was pretty good at that point from like, when I was like 16 to probably until like my sophomore year of college, I didn't get injured like once. Like that was, that was a good time in my life. (laughs) Like I wasn't, I wasn't training super, super crazy, but yeah, I never got injured back then. Um, and I was having a good amount of success, so that was pretty cool. <laughs>
0: um, with, like, I've seen that um, actually um, that trend with a lot of talented runners. Like, often, if running comes easy, you know, everything gets faster, and then you just, well, like, you, you can. It's easy to get sucked in, I guess, um, and try to do more. Um, and then you know, often it's um, like I've seen a lot of talented runners get a lot of injuries um, over time. Like, what have been the main injuries that you've sort of had to um uh yeah sort of deal with and and then um yeah, yeah.
1: so my first kind of major injury which was actually it was my junior year of college um this was probably like my first major injury was like a stress reaction in my foot in my third metatarsal so that was like my first bone injury which is a little bit scary but honestly it was one of the easier injuries to manage because, you know, you take a bit of time off and then you get back into the loading and pretty reliably, like it'll get better. And it did. Um, But then since that kind of like the next big injury that I had is the one that I still get recurring, which was, um, it was kind of like a strain in my tip post. Like I get a lot of calf strains now. That's what I've had. Like at this point in my life, I've had so many, but the first one I got, was when i was back in australia training for the com games and i had no idea what it was and i kept trying to run through it and it just made it worse and worse and it kind of ended up screwing up my whole season actually um by the end it got diagnosed as synovitis in my tip post so it got pretty bad um but yeah i had to take a bunch of time off for that one and then that's been like a recurring thing is those car strains as i said so um now i do like a lot of calf strengthening stuff and overall body strengthening stuff and i think that has helped a lot um funny enough like i wouldn't necessarily recommend this to everyone but running more my body has actually been like more healthy so (laughs) i don't know if it's just the running more or it's the uh the strength work as well but whatever it is it's for a bit now it's been working pretty well so that's been nice
0: yeah no I've, i've seen that pattern a fair bit as a physio um, but then it's sort of like, maybe it's also just the accumulation of years over time too, like just gradually, gradually, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um, and, and, and also like, obviously like, um, with, with the three strength trainings, um, that you're doing a week and yeah, like, um, what we volume, like with running volume, like how, how many kilometers, um, were you sort of covering, um, a week as a junior? And then h- mm-hmm. how, how much are you sort of doing now? And how does this compare to some of the guys you're running against?
1: Yeah, so as a junior, uh, when I was back in Australia, I think I was running about 90Ks a week, something like that. Like, not too many. Like, I would I would uh, do kind of the classic Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday sessions, long run Sunday. I would take Fridays off, and then on the other days, I would do just kind of like short runs. So it wasn't a ton. Um but then when I came into the U.S. is when, like, I started progressively, like, bumping up each year. So through college. Um, by my senior year, I was probably running, like, 130 to 140Ks a week. Um, not as consistently, like, as I would have liked, to be honest, with all the niggles and all the stuff I had going on, but that was, like, what I was aiming for most of the time. And then, as a pro now, I run in the 160s, I would say, uh, most of the time. And that feels pretty good. I enjoy that. It's just, like it's uh, a lot of the pros are doing that. Like a lot of the guys in Australia, uh, 160Ks is pretty standard, but then you definitely get those guys who are doing, you know, 200, like 180, 200 or even more sometimes. So we'll see. I'm I'm a strength type guy. So like running mileage does feel pretty good for me. Uh, So as long as my body allows it, I might be bumping that up a bit more like year after year. Definitely like during the more base phase of my training. But yeah, around that 160 feels pretty good. I normally double like four or five times a week and it's it's not too bad to be honest
0: and are, are those long runs always um that quick like i've seen a couple um on your youtube and um yeah like it's, it's probably not quick for you like because you're um but like a, i don't know it looks it looks um pr- pretty solid uh, it
1: definitely, feels, definitely feels hard yeah, yeah we do long runs now that are like you know 25 to 30k and we do them at I don't know what it is in K pace, but like under six minute mile pace, which I think is like around three forty K pace or something. Yeah. And yeah, I ne. so in college, I never used to long run hard. Like, you know, used to be really slow. And that's what I did back in Australia as well. Everything was just like very slow and relaxed, but it's kind of just like the way my team likes to do it. I, they're not all super hard. They're definitely not all some days they're not, but often it is like treated more like a session and it's like, all right, Let's uh, let's make this solid. Let's let's do a certain amount of this one at tempo, and then the other big thing is that right now at least, like I think this changes sometimes, but right now at least we actually operate on like a nine day cycle rather than a seven day cycle. So we go, we go session two days, session two days, long run two days. So like we really give ourselves a lot of time. So uh, when you factor that in like making those long runs like more of a tougher run it's it's not actually that bad because you get all these extra days to recover from it
0: yeah yeah nice that's actually really good for a lot of uh, runners um back home to in australia to here um because you know everyone's like so governed by a seven day cycle here but like you don't have to do your long run every week especially if it's gone if you're going a bit stronger in it um Yeah. yeah I was interested to hear because like as soon as I see like the success you had as an under 12 and like how do you like you seem like a pretty relaxed guy like I was listening to your goals for this year and it's to have fun stay healthy train consistently but how do you cope with the pressure because like um I, I could imagine there was a fair bit of pressure like as a junior like um you know knowing that you'd won the national championships and then to know that you're you know you're pretty talented at this thing. And, um, like, how do you cope yeah. with that?
1: Yeah, well, I don't always cope with it well, but yeah. uh, most of the time I'm able to tell myself that at the end of the day, it's just running and no one really cares. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, which is, the, which is the honest truth, you know? Like, <laughs> it's a little bit, like, I don't know. Like, it's just running. Like, obviously, I care a lot, and there are people that care a lot. Uh, but, you know, if, if I'm doing my best then it's like, well, what else, what else can I do really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've I've just been lucky to have a lot of like great people in my life. Like whether it's like mentors growing up, um, or my college coach, Mick, who have been, it would just give really good perspective. Um, for like Mick in particular was the one who said, like, he would tell us like, no one cares about this. It's just running. So like go out there and like do it for yourself or whatever. Like, and that is definitely something that stuck with me. It's like, well, like, especially when there are the hard parts of it, to take pressure, for example, it's like, well, it's just running. Like, I, if no one cares, so if I'm not enjoying it, like, if I'm not finding joy in it, um, then there's no point. And that doesn't mean, like, it should be easy. Like, I, I don't mean to say that. But, um, yeah, when I'm, when I'm really, like, not enjoy, like, I don't know. Whenever it's really tough, like, I just tell myself that. Or I just kind of like, I think it depends what you get out of it as well. Because, um, yeah, I kind of just really enjoy like that constant pursuit of getting better and seeing how good I can be. And so I think I've definitely realized that if I want to like be as good as I can be, that means, um, you know, trying to compete on the highest level and constantly trying to get better and better. And that, you know, that means like a certain amount of pressure and stuff um I worked with I've worked with a th- few sports psychologists like through Team Australia and stuff that have been really really, really good, um, especially the one who's I've worked with more recently, Jonah. He uh, he's so amazing. I don't know if you've heard other people talk about him, but he's just like and so much of this stuff. I've only had like maybe less than five sessions with him in my life, but so much of it it sticks with me so strongly. I remember one of the big things that he said to me, and this is very useful for dealing with pressure is that like when we do a race, we, uh, we know that there's going to be a certain amount of physical pain and we accept that it's okay to us because we know that that's what it takes to reach the goal, uh, our goals that we want to achieve. And so then if you look at it, like you should also similarly expect kind of like the mental pain that you might go through. Um, cause you know, those nerves are that pressure, like it's always going to be there. And, it's just something that you have to be okay with if you want to achieve your goals in the same way as you would with the physical pain. And so, yeah, you kind of just like accept it and it's just part of it. And yeah, that's okay. So yeah, those kind of like my main ways of like dealing with that type of stuff, I guess.
0: No, that's, that's really cool. Especially to hear from you who's so experienced with having to deal with, um, you know, high pressure sort of situations and, and races. Um, and, um, yeah, you have you have um, you know shown that you you can perform well on, on the big stage. Um, who have some of your other mentors um, or inspirations or role models been that you can sort of like who really comes to mind straight away uh, when you think of that um, in your career? Like whether it was back when you first started, um, uh, you know, in Sydney, or uh, yeah, in through your college career at Wisconsin, or, or just recently.
1: Yeah, I mean, the big one, this is pretty easy for me. The big one is Ben St. Lawrence because I was really lucky. Like when I was a little kid, I was training with Sean Williams in the park and he was also coaching Benny. So I didn't really know what was going on because I was like young and I just didn't really care. But Benny was, you know, killing it, running the Australian record, the 10K, (laughs) making the Olympics, all of that. Um, And so then once I got – because I was with this same squad since I was eight years old. Yeah. So like when I was eight years old, like I didn't know what was going on at all. (laughs) But (laughs) when I did start taking it a bit more seriously and I got a bit better, like when I was 16, uh, Benny was always so welcoming and so friendly and so helpful to me. And um, I think anyone that has met him will say how great of a guy he is. And I really liked that about him. Like I really liked the way that he carried himself. And so he was always there as just like an inspiration and a role model to me. And then, even he became like a good friend. I would say someone that I felt like I can talk to about anything um, in the sport, and he often, you know, he still like will give me advice, you know, about different stuff. And so, yeah, he's been someone who for a long time has been so good to me, and I think we'll continue to be that in the future. Nice. But yeah, I was very lucky to be with him since I was since I was a young kid.
0: And then with your group currently, um, Team Bossart, like what what's um yeah, Joe Bossart, like, um, as a coach, and what have you, what are his, some some of his strengths, what have you really learned from him, and then even just some others from the group, whether it was Emma or Asia, or, yeah,
1: yeah. so, Joe is, um, he's very, he's, I don't know how to say, he's just very into it, like, he's very, like, he's always reading, he's always, like, on top of all this stuff, um, which at this point in my career is kind of exactly what I want, like, I really want someone who's like just very doubted and very applied. And so that's, I would say his main strength is like, he knows like what, and because he does, I think I said this before, but he does all the strength himself as well. So having someone who's like, you know, so specifically tailoring all my sessions and then all my strength work all together, like it just works so nicely. And um, yeah, I mean, with Emma, he's, he's seen, he's been to like, you know, a lot of world champs at a lot of Olympics and the have a lot of success so he has that experience there, and then yeah, obviously having Emma there. I mean, she's won, she's won a world champs gold, and I think an Olympic bronze or silver. Um, she's like, so she's like been there and been doing it at the top level for quite a bit now. So just kind of like the experience that she brings, like she's just like kind of no BS, just just gets it done, you know. And it's it's pretty awesome to see. And then, yeah, we got all these other individuals. We have a team that's, like, very kind of diverse, like all these different athletes from all different places that all end up together. And it's pretty awesome because, yeah, there's just so much different stuff going on all the time and um, a lot of different personalities. But it makes a really good training environment. You know, we're all there to be the best runners that we can and, like, help each other improve as well. So it's it's always great like when we're i was just on training camp for six weeks in phoenix and it was it was so awesome um every day you're just waking up with all these people and you just got and working to get better to get better together it's it's pretty fun
0: <laughs> yeah it looks it like you do um what what i've noticed is a lot of the hard workouts you do do you seem to do solo like it um yeah. how do you um how are you finding that like um And is that potentially an avenue that you sort of, um, you know, you're hoping that you can get someone, you know, a few other guys sort of um, to push you a little bit? um, Or Mm -hmm. are are you actually liking that aspect um, so that you can just sort of run to your, to feel and, and yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I would definitely prefer to have training partners there pushing me and hopefully um, that'll happen. Like if you look at the way the team is, it started, Back in twenty seventeen with just two people and then it's kind of exploded on the women's side. And uh that's what Joe tells me. He's like, Well, if you want some training partners, then you gotta run quick because that's what you know, that's what gets them to join. So yep. um that's what I'm working on right now. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I can run quick and hopefully some other guys can come join and train. Um I know it's not easy. There's a lot of other factors in life to consider rather than just moving out the boulder to to run, but I would love that. But, yeah, I, I don't hate the solo sessions, actually. Like, I I think they're pretty good. Um, I think I'm, like, kind of well-suited to them because I – I don't know. I'm just I'm just always, like, being pretty solid at kind of doing certain stuff on my own. Like, even in Wisconsin, because of all my injuries and stuff, like, I would end up on my own um, decently often. And so I guess I got, like, okay at it. And I'm pretty good at, you know, kind of not going too crazy with it and then pushing it when I need to, you know. So – it's not the worst thing in the world, but I would definitely prefer to have some training partners
0: there. <laughs> um, you set like some like as well as like, you know, having fun and staying healthy, training consistently, some of your other goals that you've um, outlined is um yeah, sub thirteen for five K, sub three thirty four for fifteen hundred and and fifth or better at the Olympics, and you sort of a and you sort of said, Oh yeah, they're lofty, but like how important is it to set goals um in in running and um uh have you had many sort of training sessions that are indicating that yeah i reckon i can do do um you know do this
1: yeah um i always like to set a lot of key goals um but at the same time i'm not like crazy 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 attached to my goals like if i i don't i i guess i'm more the thing that i'm most focused on is trying to like keep getting better every year Like even if the results don't necessarily show it, like this has happened in the past where I've had some injuries and stuff. And so I haven't showed it through my results, but I know that I've still gotten better in that year and I've been really happy with that. That's generally the most important thing for me. But obviously I have these goals because um, still like, I think they're good to set out and like have to motivate me and stuff. Um, And yeah, I do like to set lofty goals because it's like if you, even if you slightly miss them but you get close then you're still probably doing a great job but yeah it's all really just to keep um pushing me along really um sorry what was the last part of that question
0: oh um like oh no it was it was like um have you had any training sessions that sort of have hinted (laughs) at have, have hinted at like i saw you did this great session um uh the two mile one mile six yeah. by four four by four and it was just uh getting quicker and quicker and and then joe was on the bike and uh, for the, uh, for your last rep and and you you pretended oh you, you were you're sandbagging him and then you tried to, <laughs> to you tried to get him
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i have been training better than ever, ever before like for sure like my sessions are much higher quality so that's a pretty good sign to me i don't really ever like i'm not really the type of person who like has things mapped out in terms of a session where it's like, all right, if I can do this session and hit these times for it, like I'm going to be able to run this for a five K I've never really been that type of person. Um, so I don't really have indicators in that way, but I think I'm, I think I'm improving. I'm getting better and better. And, um, so I'm really happy with that. So I don't know if I'm quite at the level of my goals yet, but I think I'm on the way there.
0: (laughs) Yep. Um, how did um chicken boy morg's um
1: nickname uh, how did that actually originate um honestly just makes no sense i mostly (laughs) just thought it funny (laughs) honestly (laughs) there's no good story behind it besides i just find it funny
0: (laughs) and you've taken you've taken the beanie off um and and, uh, like and the the hair is a bit of a trademark uh in your final year at wisconsin um you know, you had the big, big flowing mane, um, yeah. and, and then now, now um, you've got the really good mullet going. Um, is yeah. it? Is is that here to stay?
1: I think the mullet is at least for this year. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think it's. I think it just. I think I look good with the mullet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it actually like surprisingly suits me. I don't know. Like, uh, I like having longer hair for running. I think it just looks cooler. And, um, the kids, the kids seem to enjoy it, so, uh, yeah, I'll keep it, I'll probably keep it around. I mean, honestly, like, when I posted my first picture of, like, when I cut my hair into a mullet, like, the amount of messages that I got about it, like, I probably got more messages about the mullet than I would have if I, like, won the Olympic gold, honestly. Like, people, people just love it, so I'm like, if you guys love it, well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you, so, yeah, I think it's here to stay for a little bit.
0: When you ran the 3K, which was pretty much your season opener, and ran 7.41, um, yeah. you seemed a bit disappointed with that result, And but then you obviously yeah. sort of used it um, and uh, ran a great two-mile, like you were, um, you know, there was a moment there where it looked like you might win it, um, um, <clears throat> yeah, like you were really going for home, um, uh, yeah, yeah so how, how, like, um, what, what was your expectation in that 3k, um, and, and then, uh, yeah, like, how did you turn it around, I guess?
1: Yeah, the 3k, like, honestly, I, I didn't realize how long it had been since I had raced going into it, but it had been a long time, um, especially since I raced seriously, because in 2020, like, I raced all, like, 1500s and miles, and I didn't, like, take them quite as seriously, but, um, yeah, I had this big block of training going into the race, and I kind of like thought it would made the classic mistake of like thinking it was probably going to be a bit easier than it was, and then I got a very rude, very rude awakening <laughs> when it wasn't, and I felt very unrelaxed and very uncomposed the whole race, <laughs> so. Uh, that wasn't fun. So that's why I was disappointed. Um, the 7.41 opening time, like season opener was actually fine. Like that's not bad. But it was more with the way that I raced. That I just was like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. <laughs> Which is not how I like to feel. Uh, and so then, yeah, in the two miles, much more composed throughout. And I felt, yeah, I felt very much like on top of things in terms of like running my race. And yeah, that ended up with me making a move for the win. And I had the lead um, with like 400 to go. And unfortunately, plus 200, I got out kicked, but that's okay. Like, because I'm happy, I'm really happy with how I raised it. And so, um, obviously, I would have liked to win and like to have a bit of a quicker kick at the end there, but it was still pretty solid. And like, that's something that, you know, I think I can really work on. Um, so, yeah, I came away from that one really, really pleased with how it went, especially considering how the week before it went
0: yeah 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 do you reckon that week before like really helped the next week um uh, like it was like a oh, rust totally.
1: buster totally yeah. like that's the thing like i've had you know i obviously like you when you look at a runner like you see all the good races and stuff but the thing is i i was looking back and i definitely have those bad races here and there like I, i'm a pretty good racer but i have had bad races before i think normally i just like wouldn't post about them on instagram or whatever i would just like just not really like care that much and just, um, learn from them, but yeah, I definitely was very happy to have that type of race in my season opener because I feel like I really did learn a lot from it and, uh, a lot of lessons, which I think will carry me, um, through the season, you know, and that it would be really good for me to, to kind of have learned that early on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, a, I mean, you gotta be like, like, it was such a good run because like, um, the statistics speak for themselves like I, I that was the second fastest australian two mile ever um yeah outdoor and indoor um uh, yeah so um like that must you know that must be a pretty cool feeling knowing that you're you're only 24
1: yeah yeah it's not bad i mean the two mile isn't a very commonly run distance yeah. in australia i will say and craig Montram still has um, a whole straightaway on me so i still <laughs> got a long way to go but uh, it was it was it was good. I was happy with it.
0: Um, you said you learnt a little bit, like, and um, you're always learning. Like, what have um, some of the biggest learnings been in your career so far? Um, like, how has uh, how have you really changed your views um, over the years on the sport and, and with running?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say I've been lucky that I've always had like kind of a a pretty long term view. Like, I've always like that, if I'm gonna be my best, it's gonna be when I'm like 28 or 30, you know. And so I have always tried to keep that in mind, and you know, learn lessons so that I can keep getting better and better over all the years. And kind of with that mindset, I think probably like the biggest thing which um, I've picked up, and I'm not always like amazing at this, and it's something that like I relearn often, but it's kind of like. When I now like, I think a lot of it's to do with like obstacles in the sport, like whether that's been like injuries or other stuff that I'm struggling with. I think just like accepting them and like realizing that they happen to everyone, and then realizing that's probably what is going to be like the biggest determinant of how good you're going to be at running is how well you're able to deal with kind of like the negative things that happen to you. Um, having that kind of outlook and mindset. I think has helped me so much because then when like one of those things happen, rather than getting too like caught up in it and too worried about it, it's like, all right, like, how can I like do the best job possible to deal with this and like learn from it and um, come back from it, you know? So that's been something that I've gotten better at progressively over the years. And I think it really helps me um, today. You know, I actually just like, I sprained my ankle like two days ago or three days ago and like I haven't been able to run um but I think I'm dealing with it like better than I you know have previously like it's it's not as big of a deal you realize um these things happen you know and that um you just can't rush it like I think that's one of the biggest dangers which you see with runners is trying to rush stuff and uh I get it because I do that as well sometimes but yeah, when you take that kind of longer-term view, um, taking that step back and taking things slower often is seems to be the best way to go about it. I I would say.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, even even sort of just listen to a few, you know, just coaches that I look up to or or physios that I look up to, and and they all say a similar thing. They're like, when you when you've got um, an athlete that you're dealing with, or um, you know, if you make just dis- decisions from a from a long-term point of view if you're the only coach they're ever going to have or the, the only physio they're ever going to have like make those decisions so that um you know you're look, looking after the well-being of the athlete for the long term and if you're making it from that vantage point like you're you're making some really sound and savvy decisions along the way and to yeah. acknowledge that you know you, you know you're, you're 24 you know turning 25 like um yeah you know, most most distance athletes, you know, don't reach their peak um maturity until sort of that you know like you said 28 30 so um it, it's trying to like just gradually um make decisions so that you you're consistent all the way through then till then
1: yeah that's the goal i mean I, i've just seen it happen with so many athletes where um they have these breakthroughs at different levels and um at the end of the day, it does come to just, like, come down to just really consistent, solid training. And so I, all the lessons that I'm taking are really like to try and achieve that, you know. Um, that's honestly what just happened with Ollie. Like, he he made this big jump. He's running 332 now. And he's just, like, been training at such a high level for, you know, years now. And that's the same thing that happened with, say, like, Stuart McSwain. Like, if you ask any of his training partners, like, he was training consistently at this high level for honestly, like years before he was able to do it in races. But I think that's often just what it takes, you know? And so that's what I'm trying to put in right now. And yeah, everything, all the lessons that I've learned, you know, they're all going into just like trying to make me able to achieve that, I suppose.
0: Is it hard to um, make those decisions um, when you've got the pressures of, oh, I've got a race or I've got to do this for my sponsors? Um are, are there any pressures with that? Um uh or, or or are you in a pretty good situation where um sponsors understand that?
1: Um my, I mean Under Armour has been so good to me. Uh, like they're they're so amazing. Um so they definitely like never have made anything worse. Like they've been so helpful and so understanding of that side of it. Um but there's a a do you like you always feel those pressures of like racing and all that, like for sure. And especially it's just tough, like when you're dealing with injuries, with the emotional side of it, you know. So that's why that's why you have a coach, and that's why you surround yourself with all these good people to give you that perspective. Because, yeah, like I, am certainly not qualified to deal with all the issues on my own. And so, um, and like when I try to try to do that, sometimes like that's when you get super stressed, and it just does not end up well. So, um, definitely leaning on those people around you when when you need it is is very very helpful so yeah i'm very lucky to have all these great people around me to help with that
0: what would you like what what do you want to do after running have you thought that far ahead um or will you be a lifelong runner um like you like i alluded to before you went really well with school and um uh your parents both uh, in medicine i understand and and um yeah like what like what what interests you um uh like uh, are you always going to be involved in running or is it sort of like is this just sort of like you want to get the best out of um your body while you're young and then um yeah. what are you thinking about after running
1: well i would definitely always like to be involved in running in some capacity whether that's doing like club races for fun or coaching like some younger kids or something at some point i don't know how seriously i would want to take that but i would always love to be involved in it and try to share like some of my experiences and stuff uh in terms of career options after running i am very i'm not sure (laughs) who knows who knows what what uh my life will be like by the time i'm done running i hope to be able to run for as long as possible like for a long time you know i would like to have a long career that's my goal but i don't know what i'll do after we'll see how the youtube channel goes maybe i'll I'll, (laughs) uh, maybe i'll get something going based off that we'll see but uh Yeah, I I I really don't
0: know. Well, Morgan, I've taken up more than enough of your time. Um, I'm really appreciative of um, how generous you've been with your time. And um, I just want to finish off with one one more question. In 10 years' time um, uh, or 15 years' time, what do you have hoped to have achieved from the sport Um, and uh, where do you hope to be? Well,
1: obviously, I'd like to win Olympic gold and stuff. But also, like, that's pretty tough. So I would say kind of more likely, I'd like to be someone who um, every year is competitive, you know, like someone who, like, is the type of guy who is consistently, like, um, up there when it matters in those big races like World Champs, Olympics, and... Um, even like the Diamond Leagues, you know, I'd like to, it's just such a high level and I still have like a ton of improving to go to, to get to that level. But that's, that's what I'd love to be doing is just really competitive in those races. And so from that, hopefully getting out there inspiring and helping out a bunch of young kids as well. Cause uh, that's like my big thing. Like when I talk about how that makes me happy, like a big reason is because I know how much of a positive impact running has had on my life and I see it have such a positive impact on other people's lives as well. You know, it's just like a sport, which it just adds so much and takes so little. So if I can help with that at all through my own running, then that makes me very happy. So yeah, that's my answer. No,
0: that's great. Um, oh, one other thing. Sorry, um, I didn't even mention it. Um, with, uh, like, How did you meet your girlfriend? Like she's in Austin, Texas. Like how do you make that work okay. if you're living in Boulder? Like, um, yeah, and,
1: well... It's even more complicated than that because she actually lives in France right now. Oh, she, oh. <laughs> she's not even I'm, I'm at her place in Austin, but she's in France right now. Oh wow! But so we went to school together in Wisconsin. She's like French American, and she was on the lightweight rowing team at Wisconsin, and so that's where we met. And then she has gone. Um, she's staying at like her family's place in France right now, and she's doing her masters there. Um, so yeah, we have a distance relationship, which is not fun. Yeah. But. <laughs> but. Uh, it is what it is. And honestly, as a pro runner, like you're traveling around so much and you kind of live such a freaking, like, in some ways, boring life, like compared to like a normal person that, um, in some ways it actually makes it easier. I guess I'm just looking for the positives, but uh, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. (laughs) But yeah, it, it isn't easy.
0: Um, will she be, um, in France for a while, like finishing her master's or yeah?
1: Yeah, I think she will be. She actually got one more semester of that, but, um... I'm not sure if she'll move back to America after she's done. She might stay in France to, to live and work. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But uh, I like France a lot. So <laughs> I wouldn't mind spending more time there.
0: <laughs> That's cool. All right. Thanks so much for your time, Morgan. Um, and I just want yeah. like everyone, if they haven't, a lot of people would have, um, but yeah, just go um, check out um, Morgan McDonald on YouTube. Um, like it, like you're making running fun um you're having a lot of fun with it um it's inspiring and you're really sharing the journey so it's really cool for athletics fans to have someone to follow along who's the real deal and um yeah just just also very genuine and authentic so um yeah well done keep at it (laughs)